it almost helped me with my eating disorder, you know, like having a new relationship with food, learning to love food and appreciate food and like ingredients as opposed to like this meal in front of me that felt shameful. Then it became like, I know exactly what's in it and having a, a different respect for food. Welcome to Sex, Body and Soul. I'm Kate Roberts, founder of The Body Agency. And on this show, we talk about the marvel that is our bodies, what they can do and what they need to thrive. Ladies out there, our time is now. Let's get to it. Our next guest is Crystal Minkoff. You will probably know Crystal from the Bravo show, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. However, she is also an entrepreneur. She founded the company Real Coco. And on the show recently, she announced to her fellow stars that she has a pretty bad eating disorder, which of course affects one in four girls and women across the United States. Also being the first Asian American to be cast on the show, welcome Crystal Minkoff. Crystal, my darling, welcome to the Sex Body and Soul podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, it's so good to have you. And I have to say, when we met up in LA, I just loved you immediately. And it was way too short. I could have sat there for many hours. Thank you for being so open. And I think the conversation we're going to have on this podcast will be extremely enlightening to girls and women who also have some of the challenges that you and I have had that we talked about. So I'm going to get straight into it. You are of new fame recently as you joined a Bravo TV show, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. What's it like watching yourself on that show? It's like a roller coaster of emotions. It's painful. It's sometimes fun. It's like, sometimes it's like surprising, like when I enjoy it, because majority of the time I, I don't enjoy it. But I've mm-hmm. never been someone who wanted to be on camera because of my body stuff. So it's mm. hard to like, I'm like, I, I look at myself in such a micro level mm. of like, oh, like I wish I was sitting different. I would look, you know, it's yeah. just, it's always that. One of the things she said to me when we had drinks that day was that you feel that the cameras are always on you when you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if that's actually true. It's just sort of my own internal perception but it's interesting because they do show me eating a lot. Like it's kind of nuanced to people, but to me, I'm like, and then someone, I mean, there was an episode when we all got together after La Quinta, mm-hmm. the one that Sutton had us get together with. And then people were like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm Crystal, like always like nervously eating. And it's like, oh, I just, I'm like, oh, I just don't yeah. want that to the air. But then at yeah. the same time, like, it's just, what can I do? You know? Yeah. Well, on the show, you shared that you have an eating disorder. And Mm -hmm. you and I talked about that because I've also suffered. So I know exactly what the deal is in that regard. Have you felt that the show has made it worse? Has it helped? Where are you with it? It's interesting. I was afraid it would hurt it. I mean, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, the show is about beauty and glamour. And that's, that's definitely a character of the show. So I was nervous to be ridiculed, to be called ugly all the time, to be called fat all the time. I was like nervous about that. And then that it would sort of trigger me in my eating disorder. Mm. The flip side is that I've actually gotten none of that. (laughs) I've gotten only positive, which is nice. But at the same time, it also can't like feed me either. 
which interesting word, mm-hmm. I just use that. Uh, I have to be careful with that, you know, because I don't want it to, I want to be able to like free myself from any of that positive or negative mm-hmm. comments about my appearance. So when mm-hmm. I get positives, though it's better than a negative, I try to manage how I feel about it, you know, cause ultimately mm-hmm. it doesn't, it really doesn't affect how I feel on a daily basis internally. When you have real mm-hmm. body dysmorphia and an ED, like none of that changes. It doesn't just yeah. flip a switch. Yeah. But it is fascinating to put myself in a situation about, like I said, a show that very much revolves around beauty and looks and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think it's why a lot of people watch it, right? They they go into their own fantasy about the glam. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you really think about it, that's hilarious how these women, you know, travel with glam squads and just get in the most, you know, incredible outfits just to sit around the house and... Yeah, but that's also the fantasy. I mean, they don't, I don't think any of them, I don't think, do that in real life. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, when you know you're, because like no one is going to go on a scripted or unscripted show without glam. Like everyone gets their hair and makeup done, you know, news reporters do it. So I think it's just that you see it, right? Like mm. even male news reporters have powder on and their hair done, yeah. but like you not you don't see that aspect of it. Mm. So ours is sort of the behind the scenes of that all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's weird. My friend called me today. It was like, oh my God, I'd love to your hairdo and da da da. And I'm like, I can't like, it's just, it's such a like dichotomy of who I am that one yeah. of my friends would call me for beauty because I'm like the oh. anti-beauty girl. But yeah. that's what the show is about. Now, of course, you know, I know this won't mean anything to you, but you look absolutely perfect. Your body is perfect. Your beauty is perfect. You're gorgeous. I think you're one of the most beautiful women on the show. But to get back to eating disorders, so we are talking about anorexia nervosa. And one in four girls in the United States suffers, not just girls, but all the way through to womenhood. Grandmas have developed eating disorders. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How long have you been suffering? Have you had treatment? Is this anorexia? Is it bulimia? Is it both? I don't have anorexia at all. I have bulimia. That's Mm -hmm. what I suffer from. And I suffer from body dysmorphia. It's interesting. So I my bulimia started when I was 11. Distinct, I remember the first time it happened at school. We were, I went to um, a religious school and they showed a video about eating disorders. Obviously it was to encourage us not to do it. And then I learned that you could do it. And um, very specifically, I um, learned about a product called Ipecac. And it's, hmm. is, do you know what it is? No. Okay. It's like a, it's, you find it, it's now off the market because it got so popular for, um, it created eating disorders, but mm. it's a little, um, bottle, like an ounce size that you take it in case someone ingests poison and it's an immediate, helps you purr, vomit. like vomit, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Poison. And so it was just over the counter. It's a couple of dollars and I bought it as a middle schooler when I saw it. And yeah, that's how I started. Wow. Yeah. And does it go, I mean, I remember my eating disorder. I managed to overcome it myself. I didn't have to go into treatment, but it was all based on my, my disorder was all based on my upbringing, my 
over-controlling mother and, you know, it was a way of taking control. And the only thing that worked for me was getting a different focus in my life and feeling Mm -hmm. accomplished. That's how I was able to get over it. But you never really get over it. I mean, it stays with you. You you know, you're never going to want to get fat, but it's really serious. It's interesting, bulimia, and I've always known this. I did a lot of, I went to a lot of therapy about it, like school therapy and stuff when I was like a teenager, like, you know, that it's not going to help you lose weight. Yeah. Like bulimia doesn't do that. Anorexia does. Bulimia doesn't. It's total control. It is. And yet, no matter how sort of educated you are about it or seemingly bright or, you know, I knew that and yet I still couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. So it, for me, it was, it's a physical feeling. And on top of that, with my body dysmorphia, it's my body dysmorphia is actually hard, is more challenging being on the show than my bulimia mm-hmm. because I still, to this day, like I, I know what size I wear, but yet I still think I look two or three sizes larger. Mm-hmm. And I still like, don't believe that I can fit into clothes that I, like I've all my clothes are the same size yet. I will order bigger sizes because I'm like, I don't actually fit that number. Mm. And in my mind and my stylist is like, I don't know why you keep ordering big clothes, bigger clothes for you. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I just don't believe I wear that number. And What number are you? Are you a two? No, I'm a four. I mean, I'm five, nine, like I'm a size four and I've always, but I did lose weight before the show. So I I was like a six before and I got, you know, I'm a four now and but I think of myself as like an eight ten. Wow, that's so interesting. And so I order. I don't order tens, but I'll order like eights, and then like I can't. I don't know why. Yeah, we all saw you in a bathing suit when you were in. That was really hard. I was really scared. It makes me want to cry. I was scared about that episode. When I watched it, knowing what you struggle with, I was really surprised you came out in a bathing suit. I don't think I would have done that on television. Could um, you tell I was stressed out? I was like, I could so I could see you were stressed out. It yeah. spent, I spent yeah. the whole morning, like not wanting to do it, and then like sort of convinced to do it, you know. And then, but I feel bad because like Lisa got a lot of hate for that scene because I was like, you know, we texted forever, and then when we came down and she was wearing clothes, I was like, what do you, you know, we had or we we yeah. already talked about it minutes before because we were getting mic'd, and you know, like she was like. You're so young, Crystal. Like, you know, like I, she wanted to, but she was also feeling embarrassed. She was like, you know, you're 20 years younger and your skin and, and was like, so we all suffer, you know, and people are like yeah. hating on her. Like Crystal's so outwardly, you know, about like discusses her body dysmorphia and then you tricked her. And it's like, I don't think she, she did not trick me. She's dealing with her mm-hmm. own stuff. She just doesn't talk about it so much, you know, because she's so fit. But she was like, you know, she was talking about her skin and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll just... You know, and she's like, just do it. And I was like, do it, meaning not pushing me. Like, you can do it. And I was like, because I wanted to go back upstairs and change. Mm. Well, you looked amazing. And I I remember thinking I must text you and tell you how gorgeous. I kept staring at my thighs and my, I was like, and you, I just like, I don't, you know, I've never done anything. Like, I'm like, oh, I don't have like fake boobs. I'm like, my boobs are going to look, you know, I was just, the whole thing was so uncomfortable. And then watching it, I felt bad for myself watching it. Like how uncomfortable I was. Cause I couldn't, like, I can't, when you are in your dysmorphia, you can't engage in what's really happening. I know. know. You know, as opposed to like having Mm -hmm. fun and being like, 
you know, like, oh, I'm doing this like funny workout, this hotel, and I'm on the show. Like, never did I think that. I was always no. like, oh God, like, what do I look like? And I was just like always, you know, stressed out. Mm. Well, I can only imagine. And I'm very surprised at Lisa Renner because she also has a daughter that suffers from anorexia. But she also looks incredible. She looks incredible. I don't think she was thinking. Yeah. I don't. She's not thinking, oh, I'm going to like, she wasn't thinking Crystal is going to suffer. And I know this because my daughter, I don't think she, she, like, it's, it's such an internal thing. And unless she yeah. has it so deeply, it's like you forget. And, and she's was really sweet. Like, you look so amazing. Like, don't worry, go. And it was like, yeah. I think she just didn't remember. And yeah. it's hard to talk about it. It's like, people mm. don't want to talk about body dysmorphia and eating disorders. No. It's very shameful, especially bulimia. Bulimia is very different than anorexia. People it look is. at bulimia as very kind of like the dirty one. Yep. Yeah. And so I think it's like, it's not something that people like, especially when I told the cast, they were like, you know, thanks for sharing. And then we never, no one asked me about it again, ever. Wow. Well, it is so important, Crystal, that you talk about this. I, I reiterate how much you're going to help other girls who are suffering. I just think back to the, all those years that I suffered with it. And if I could have heard from somebody like you that you were also suffering, I wouldn't have felt like such a freak. But right. I hid it from absolutely everybody, yeah. including myself, right? Yeah. As in, I, I convinced myself that this is my dirty little secret and... Yeah you know, this was what was helping me to cope with life. And right. I I hid it from my boyfriend. I hid it from my family. I hid it from everybody. What are you doing now in way of helping yourself? It's hard. I mean, last night I wanted to purge after dinner. I was like, and then I was driving home with Zoe in the car and I was like, okay, like I, it's each meal is, it's an individual meal every time. I have to deal with it every single time. As in creating a meal, especially for you or? No, meaning like every meal I have to deal with thinking about it and feeling it in my body right. and stuff like that. And I was like, I had my daughter, my, it makes me want to cry. It's like, I have my daughter in my car and I'm like, I don't want that for her. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go home and not do it this time because that's one step better that she might not have it, you know? Baby, I feel you. I think about my own daughter. I absolutely feel you and you're absolutely right to worry about it, but also communicate with her when she's able to understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she has no idea, but she's only six, but it's just sort of like, my God, like I think in five years, like that's when I started. So if I can yeah. try to normalize food behavior before she gets that age, then like, I just don't want that for her. It's so consuming. Yeah. My mother restricted the sort of sweets and sugar and I think that also led me to the issue as well as being controlling. So yeah. listen, I see what an amazing mother you are. And I also see how upset you are and you are doing all the right things, but you also, in order to care for your family, you have to care for yourself. Yeah. And I'm trying. <laughs> I know you are, but what are you doing now moving forward? And are you not worried what this is doing to your body? You know, of course I do. And I've, I have it much more under control, but meaning mm -hmm. at the same time, I understand that much more doesn't mean it's under control, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, just doing it far less than my childhood is still a problem, mm -hmm. but 
Mm. I find that it, for me, everyone's different. Everyone's experience is different. I'm aware for me, like it comes in waves. Like I don't, sometimes I just don't at all, you know, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. high stress, high intent, you know, stress in my life can exasperate it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I sometimes see someone to talk about it, but I know what I need to do. It's mm-hmm. most people, I think not most people, like a lot of people, I, it's just, it's like any addictive disease, you know, it is. you have all it the is. stuff in front of you, you know, the steps to do it. It's just whether I'm willing to do it, you know, for yeah. me, I know it's will because I have been able to quit for a long time, but it's weird. The show. So weird. the show actually makes me stop. Yeah. You know so why bizarre. I think that is? No, I, I think, well, it's because, and again, from my own experience of really struggling, I mean, I was sick, yeah. sick, sick. Yeah. You know, I was like doing it all the time. And the way I got out of it was finding my purpose. Mm. You know, I found my purpose. I became successful. I was in the public eye. And that helped me to stop because I wasn't all consumed in my self-hatred. And, you know, that gradually led me to happiness. And I think with you now in the public eye, you have this newfound purpose and success. And, you know, let's be honest, you have your own company, you now have this cooking show and you're on, you know, one of the, the eyeballs on you every single show. I mean, you've just gone to a whole different level which is helping your self-worth, in my opinion. I mean, I'm certainly not an expert, but that's no, what I would say is, is helping you. Yeah. And I also want to be, if I'm going to be someone who people are looking towards for advice, Yeah, and, you know, like I want to be the best version of that, you know, yeah. but I'm very honest. I would say I don't, I can't get to hundred percent of messages I get inter- within eating disorder, but I really try to message almost everybody I can. And I'm very honest, like I'm suffering too. Like, how did you get over it? I'm like, I'm not over it. Like, yeah. like let's support each other. I mean, I get thousands and I really wow. try because I, I don't want to authentically say to someone, oh, I'm still deep in it. Cause mm-hmm. that doesn't help them. No. I mean, the honesty would, but like, I want to let them know I was deep in it and now I'm better. Yeah. I'm getting better and I want for them to hear that. Yeah. And listen, I think creating awareness about how difficult this disease is, and it's a disease. It's not, I'm going to be skinny. That's not what it is. This is a disease, no. just as you say, like alcoholism or drug addiction or yeah. shopping addiction. Yeah. Which I think most of the women have on the show. <laughs> but, I don't. Um, I don't have that. I have this. No, no, you always look gorgeous. <laughs> but now let's just get on to the fact that you know, when we last saw each other, you shared with me this horror, which you put on, on the internet as well, this horrible Asian hate social media post that you had received. And you are the first Asian American on the franchise, right? Amazing. Let's talk about that. How often are you getting targeted now and how are you dealing with it? Um, Probably once a day. Do you read it once all? A day. Like I try to read most of my messages because, you know, like I want to engage with people. If I see where it's going, I do my best not to finish reading it. But I would say when I got in my fight with Sutton about race, it was a couple hundred a day. Cause then I suddenly, you know, it's like people who supported my, you know, where I was coming from were there, but then the other side was like, that's when the racism really 
came out against me or I became someone who they thought I hated white people. It's like my kids are half white, but okay. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it was a very black and white thing for people, which I think is challenging, but yeah, I get it like once a day now, even though it's race is not in the conversation on the show still. And it's weird because the show was taped a year ago. So people live in the show as if it's today. Yes. Like yes. Sutton and I posted something today that like a picture of us like hugging and they're like, don't trust her and that like people are so, I'm like, we held on to this because you have to allow the audience to watch the show as mm-hmm. if it's real time. But mm-hmm. you know, people forget our argument was last October a year ago. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, we all think it's going on right now, especially yeah, when you, like, you know, you're posting on oh, my way to the reunion, you know, yeah. so we're like, okay. And they don't remember that. They're like, oh, now you're getting along because the audience wants you to get along. And it's like, no, we, we got along on the show when we filmed that yeah. <laughs> back yeah. in January and you're just watching it today. But we didn't, we had no audience reaction then. It didn't come out no. till May, but people don't really get that. Anyways, but back to the race thing, it's just sort of indicative of audience. Like they feel it. Everyone feels like they know you so well and they know, actually know nothing of you. They truly know nothing. Of you. you are the 76th descendant of Confucius. Yeah. And he was considered probably one of the most influential humans of all time, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. I mean, like I'm a I'm a blood descendant, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> no, I, listen, I'm a I am a direct descendant of William the Conqueror, so you know oh, we you kind are? of have something in common. I am deal. direct descendant of the first King of England. Yeah, that's a big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say, okay, being a direct descendant of Confucius is a big deal. Then <laughs> it is a big deal. It is a big okay. deal. What do you think he would think? now of you being on the show? Oh, God, who knows? I mean, it's so wild. And, you know, I think he would be, if he was my grandpa, he'd be very angry at me and didn't want to want me to do yeah. it. Yeah. What do your family think of all of this? They were excited. I was the one mm-hmm. that was least excited. I was the one who didn't want to do it. And they all convinced me to do it. They were very supportive. Mm-hmm. And my brother's been a singer in China for 20 years. Yeah. So his life yeah. is very exposed, which has been, you know, on generally very positive. And my brother would be like, I was like, Oh, what if people are going to say mean things about me? And like, I'm ugly, you know, the whole like looks thing. Yeah. And he's like, every day, Crystal, tell people tell me, you know, I'm too old. I look, you know, my, you know, whatever this, like just insulting him. And he's like, mm-hmm. who cares? Like everything rolls off his shoulder. Like everything yeah. rolls on his back Yeah. where I'm very yeah. sensitive because I never yeah. wanted to be in the public eye. But you come across on the show very stoic you know, very stoic. You don't react to things. You are very calm. I know that's not you. No, it's because I'm freaked out by the cameras. And like, I'm like, I don't want to like be reactive on camera. You know, in real life I can be, but I actually got to a breaking point with Sutton when I actually did react for the first time. But I, yeah, I think it's so funny. People are like, you seem very cold and like emotionless. I'm like, I'm actually like Miss Bubbles, which is like so weird. But I have to own the fact that I did act like that because I was so freaked yeah. out by the cameras. And I think you can tell towards the end when I really feel safe in like, I'm not going to be a target of anybody that I can sort of open up and be myself. Yeah, you do. You're definitely opening up more and more and more. Yeah. And, more. and it's nice. The audience reaction has been nice. But again, I have to balance. I have to manage that feeling like mm. of like, I don't want 
to do things based on reaction. Like I just mm-hmm. need to be myself. And once I yeah. started getting comfortable with myself and mm-hmm. enjoying my time, that was really made more fun for me. So as you know, Crystal, I am a huge girl advocate. I believe in investing in women. I believe in investing yes. in girls. Yes. Uh, you know, We both have young daughters. And this show is about a group of women who are supposedly friends and they all hang out and drink a lot and there's some bad behavior. But ultimately, the show is really about how everyone is going at each other and finding reasons to fall out and say horrible things to one another. I mean, what kind of message do you think this is sending? And would you say that the housewives are encouraged to create drama? Have you ever seen the behind the scenes episodes? No, no, I okay, should, so for being a big fan and you've never seen that shows me why. No, like, no shame on me. <laughs> no, it's not a shame. It's that those behind the scenes always show the fun and like light side of our friendships. Oh, okay. What's it so called? They, Is it called Never Seen Never footage? Before Seen. And they, they air the same day as a new episode from the, but it's the previous episode. They'll show behind the scenes stuff. Like things that they didn't put in. And it's always the fun side. Mm. And people are like, why don't you guys show this? Like you, it's like, it exists. We're not Mm. always fighting. In fact, rarely. But the audience, I think, dictates what they want to see. Even though they they say they want to see the Kumbaya stuff, the show wouldn't be popular if they didn't. And that's what's jarring for me. Because when I watch the show, it's only until you can... There's only, it's like, we call ourselves like a sorority, right? The girls, like you're in a club, only you know how it works. And so when we are all together and you film hours and hours, like majority of the time we're having fun. Yeah, I get that. But some of them that are said are like, that's what gives me heart palpitations. You know, it's, it's, you know, and especially Erica. I mean, obviously Erica is a huge target right now that everyone is talking about her situation. But not everyone talks like that, you know, like Erica's an individual, like. Yeah. And I'm sure her stuff comes from insecurity as well, right? Just like everybody sure. else. But, you know. But meaning, I don't think, I think she's kind of an anomaly in like the group setting, like meaning like, yes, there's a lot of sort of nipping at each other and cat biting and whatever. But I mean, her reactions are quite extreme for anybody. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, I think about me and my set of friends, right? And obviously you had that thing with Sutton and now you're obviously friends, but, you know, just shouting at somebody that you've got ugly pants, right? I would never Never. say that to like even a non-friend. I mean, I just wouldn't do that. Well, that's why I, (laughs) that's why my reaction is so stoic and I kind of sit there, like I kind of smile because I'm like- Well, you laughed, yeah. You laughed I'm like, who, like, is this normal life? Like, I yeah. just never experienced that before. And I think that's why people are like, oh, you seem so real. I'm like, because my reactions are real. Instead yes. of like screaming back at someone, I'm like, I literally remember thinking was like, oh, is that what the show, like we're fighting yeah. really with my pants? Yeah. Like it was so yeah. confusing and not something I've ever experienced in my friend mm. group in real life. So, And do you think that you and Garcelle, both being minorities on the show, has that, created a bond between you? Like what's the- There was an initial, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you, she's the first black cast member. I'm the first Asian. And yeah, I mean, you feel it because you, you, you don't know what you're heading into. And I remember when I first saw Garcelle, she was like, I'm so happy you're here. Yeah. Like I can't do this on my own. I do like her, I have to say. I feel like she's straight shooting. Yeah. Yeah. No BS. Yeah. And she just seems like a lovely person. 
it's a, it's a lot for her, you know, but we're viewed as differently as well, just because we're both minorities. Like people view Asian people different than, than black people, you know? So, so like, tell me about that. How, well, how I, I'm targeted way more than she is. Because you're Asian. Yeah. I would talk about that. So it's not like she wouldn't disagree with that. Really? Um, Cause I'll message her. I'm like, are you, you know, I'll send her screenshots of things. She's like, I've never gotten that, you know, wow. because the, cause we're the model minority. Mm. you know, and we're supposed to be quiet and not have opinions or keep them to ourselves. We have a very specific expectation. What do you mean you're supposed to? I don't understand. You've heard of the term model minority. No. Oh, okay. So the model, we are, as the term model citizens, Mm -hmm. we are the model minority, The meaning we are supposed to act in accordance to what the outer other races want us to act like, which is, you know, put your head down. We just do well in school. We are, we do well at work, but we're quiet. We don't make a fuss. We don't make noise. We don't ruffle feathers. That's sort of the Asian experience. So Mm -hmm. we, as Asians fall into that as well. We have an expectation Mm -hmm. of what we're supposed to do and we do Mm -hmm. it, which then perpetuates, but then, but then it's the outer expectation of us to do that. So mm. we are considered the model. We're like the perfect minority, not perfect, but like we act in accordance to what people want. Mm-hmm. And so when I, the minute I open my mouth, I'm not acting in that way. And people don't like that. And are you going to change that? As in, are you going to continue to not be the model? Well, I'm not that way. That's why when I speak out, when I yelled back, when I open my mouth, when I have strong opinions, that's sort of the antithesis of that. And that's what is important to me in a show, mm. you know, that, but I, I have to deal, I have to also break free from being a minor, model minority. Sometimes I fall mm-hmm. into that as well. That's why mm-hmm. sometimes I'm very quiet because mm-hmm. I'm like, my opinion is irrelevant. doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but it actually does. But I, I fall into that. And then, but the minute I speak up, people send hateful things like mm. just, you know, make dumplings and shut up. We don't want to wow. hear what Wow. I get that a lot. Kate, I get that wow. every day. Make dumplings and shut up? Yeah, don't speak. You... Yeah, and, every and day. Is this that. coming from Asian people or coming no, from... No, Do you no. get anything from Asian people? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, like, I'm so disappointed in you. Most is positive. 99% is positive. Okay. But, okay. like, like, thank you for speaking out because we're too afraid to. And I'm like, I'm here for it. Like, I got you. But the negative is like, you don't represent well because I'm speaking too loudly. Mm. Now, before this show, your husband, Rob Minkoff, is a very famous and successful film director. Now, you are obviously on red carpets and, you know, living in Los Angeles, living in Hollywood. You were out there as Rob's wife on the red carpet. Now... You are on the red carpet as Crystal Minkoff and Rob comes with you. How is that transition? It's weird because I would prefer prior. Mm -hmm. You did? (laughs) Um, Just because I don't, I, the idea of fame is makes me very uncomfortable. Also because Mm -hmm. it's like being seen, you know, it Mm. taps into all my, his, my negative stuff because that doesn't fulfill me. It doesn't actually fulfill Rob, but because his work is, is public Mm-hmm. So that's why it's kind of all important. But for me, it's kind of weird. But he's like so proud. He gets really like, it's yeah. really sweet. 
you know? So um, where before you take a picture together and then I would step aside and he would get a photo. Mm. Now it's like together and then he takes one and I take one. So that's like, that's what's kind of new about it. Equality. I love it. Equality. And you know, you're so sweet. You're obviously so in love with him and you have two of the most adorable children. Do the kids watch you on TV? Do they know that mommy is now on a TV show? They know we're, I mean, they were filmed. They know, you know, they see moments of it, like fun moments, but no, like they're so, I mean, they're six and nine. Like this is not a show for them. Yeah. So so your, your, your son is nine years old. Yeah. And you also have a beverage company called Real Coco, which is a plant-based beverage company. And now I've started seeing you on Instagram doing cooking shows. Uh, Talk to me about that. And and how, why, why, why are you doing all of this? Is it fun? Is it, is yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. It's my passion. Yeah. And it's interesting because, so I went to culinary school probably 12, 13 years ago, just like mm. I did a program just for myself. And partly because, you know, being married to Rob, we were hosting a lot. And like, I just, like, I didn't know how, like, I just wanted to learn how to be a good host. Mm-hmm. And, and I loved the idea of cooking. And also it's like doubly that I, it almost helped me with my eating disorder, you know, yeah. like having yep. a new relationship with food, yeah. learn to love food and appreciate food and like ingredients as opposed to like this meal in front of me that felt shameful. Then it became like, I know exactly what's in it and having a, a different respect for food. Just very quickly on that, you know, I am still very conscious what goes in my mouth and, yeah. you know, I've done keto, I've done this, I've done that. With the ingredients, are you watching carbs? Are you watching sugar? Like, how no, do you do that? I don't care anything anymore. So you just eat what you want to eat? Yes. And I hope that I can manage my eating disorder with it. Yeah. And do you then exercise? Yeah. Because how do you stay looking so amazing? If you're eating everything you want. I no, mean, I don't eat everything I want. I eat what I like now. And I feel like that shifted... Like I was always stuck at a certain weight and Mm -hmm. I just couldn't break it. And then I decided over COVID, this may be the show was a catalyst. I was like approaching the show. It was like, you know what? All I do is focus on food, right? I'm like, okay, three meals a day. I'm gonna eat my protein and my vegetable. And it was like, and then everything consumed me. I'd go to the market. It's like, I need to buy all this food to like, to plan my meals. You know, that's what they say. Like pre-plan, like have five days of food worth. I got, it's made more obsessive with food. So I was like, I just actively said, you know what? I am going to eat what I want, mm-hmm. but not overeat. Really try and not lean into overeating, which causes me to want to perch. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's just a totally new concept. And I'm 38 yeah. years old. I've never done it before. I'm just going to try it. It's It works. It, it works. does work. It works. Yeah. So I would eat like mm-hmm. chocolate, a piece of chocolate. Like if I was for dinner, I would eat what I wanted, but I mean, I wouldn't eat like sit around eating pizza all day, but like I eat literally a croissant every morning, every single morning. But then I would, I would wait till like 11 because it was almost like intermittent fasting. Yes, yes. So I would just wait until I was hungry. But then as opposed to sitting there like, okay, I'm supposed to eat like four egg whites and did like all this food that I wasn't ready to eat. Then mm-hmm. it just sort of made me, it just started the day off about food and I didn't yeah. want that. So yeah. that actually really helped me lose weight but I still struggle every day. Like I physically feel like fat right now. So like, I don't know if that'll ever go away. Like mm. I don't know if that will never go away. 
Mm. And I noticed like on the show, you do get to eat cake and will you comfortably eat a piece of cake on camera? It's interesting. Me with the eating disorder, I'm, I think I'm more comfortable eating on camera than any of the girls from what I can tell. I eat more than the other people on the show. And uh, do you think that most of them have some form of eating disorder? Because it does appear that way. <laughs> Honestly, I could not tell you that. Mm. Like, because sometimes you don't want to physically eat on camera because it doesn't look great. Yeah. So maybe they eat prior. But I can't speak about anyone's internal struggle mm. about food. And with the booze, right? Booze is very fattening. I know you drink tequila, which is yeah. probably the best thing you can drink. Does the show encourage you guys to just drink, 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 yeah. drink? It Really? Yeah, no, I think that's more like The Bachelor and stuff. Like, oh, no, our show a lot of drinking more, going on on the show. There's always drinks around, but like, I never get drunk. Like, I only have one drink. Like, I'm always nursing a drink, especially when I'm filming. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't think I've ever had one full drink in a day filming. Because mm. mm. I also like, I'm so aware, I'm so nervous about the cameras. Like, I don't, but I'm not like, I love to have a drink every night if I like, but I will never have more than one. Mm-hmm. So, sadly, we've come to the end of the show, Crystal. So fast. I know, I know. We'll, we'll do part two. How about that? We'll definitely do part two. But I want to end the show and give you an opportunity to give a message to girls out there who are listening to this, and women, girls and women, uh, and boys, actually. Why not? Let's throw all of yeah. humanity in. They all, yeah. About, like, what do you want to say to them? If you could say anything about your soul, what would it be? Wow. That, you know, you look at someone like me that's on the show, you know, and and everything seems so perfect and we all struggle Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's okay. And remember that, that it's, it can be a facade and just to be kinder to other people, kinder to yourself Mm. and that to release the shame of it. I don't feel shame. It's part of who I am but I don't feel shame about it. And mm-hmm. in fact, ugh, I don't even know if I want to say this, but it doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's part of me and I'm going to work on it the rest of my life, but that we're all human and that we all struggle. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, I will respond. I'm here for them. I know you will. Well, thank you for being so raw and honest and lovely. Crystal, I know people are listening to this and relating to it so much. And we're definitely going to have you back on. And thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Lots of love. You too. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Sex, Body and Soul. Remember, you can find all of my favorite products and resources to support your health and sexual wellness through my one-stop shop, The Body Agency. Be sure to sign up for our email list at thebodyagency.com for the latest curated recommendations from our industry experts and use our special promotion code to get a 10% discount, podcast10. Thanks for listening.